listening to the bob and bo show here are your hosts ty bob ty bo and sean welcome back to the show everyone i am ty bob joined by ty bo and sean we're coming back after a big old dub in week 12 against the los angeles rams the chiefs did win 26 to 10 it's a very um boring game odd. it was a very boring game it was very <laughs> odd it was let me just say that um, but there were quite a few things that led to that, uh, to the outcome um, that happened. Um, and a lot of things, a lot of those things are things that happened off the field uh, that we will get to here shortly. But I have been notified that we have a very controversial top five coming in for this week. So I'm just going to immediately hand this one over to Tybo. Might not be as uh, controversial as what you have for us there, Ty Bob. But anyways, um, this was my own uh well, I guess it was it was a team it was a team suggestion. It didn't come from any uh any show. But I'm doing top five receivers of all time. And it's not just a top five, it's a top five and some because narrowing down my top five is extremely hard. Handsome? Handsome, handsome. All these men are handsome, actually. They're handsome in the way that they can play football on a football field. Not on a soccer field, not on a pitch. But what uh, USA? On, <laughs> on the field. Anyways, my honorable mention, and let me just say the top four were absolutely set for me, but five was my hardest decision. My honorable mentions were all in consideration for fifth place. I don't have any particular order. Um, except for one that's kind of um, <clears throat> below the rest of the group. So my honorable mentions are Larry Fitzgerald, Marvin Harrison, and Chris Carter. Those three guys um, speak longevity uh, in the league. All were incredible route runners. Um, and Chris Carter almost kind of invented the Moss before Randy Moss. Uh, also on the Vikings as well. Um, but it's crazy to think I have another honorable mention that it's not quite with the the rest of those guys, um, but he's still playing right now. Um, also a Viking, Justin Jefferson. Um, his What he's done in the first couple, few, first few seasons of his career, his pace is, I mean, if he would play – as close to the same amount of years as some of the rest of those names, like he's going to shatter every record that there is. Um, so hopefully nothing derails his career. What? going to need to see it first. Are you serious? I mean, like, I mean for like the long, I mean for like the longevity part. Well, I need to see him stay out on the field. He's on pace for being one of the best. If you, you'll, I mean, after, after we get to my number one, you'll kind of understand why Justin Jefferson's in this conversation for me. Um, <clears throat> anyways, number five had to give it to T.O. Uh, in, um, and I was just looking at the record books because uh, like 
yardage or touchdowns or something like that. Like he's third in a lot of those lists. Like he's right under Randy Moss and Jerry Rice and, uh, on, on a lot of uh, record lists. Um, I'm not the biggest fan of him. Um, I think the only thing that was truly elite about his game was like his physicality. Like he was like, he wasn't one of the fastest, but he was fast. He wasn't one of the best route runners, but he was a good route runner. Um, but his physicality is like one-on-one ability with, with any corner, any safety, anybody in the league, like he, you had to double TO. Um, so regardless of my personal feelings about him, he was a very uh, talented player, but he, he only makes number five on my list. Number four, um, also still playing and probably already my most controversial is Tyree Hill. Um, the ability, the speed just kind of speaks for itself, but elite route running ability, um, insane vertical, um, and for the most part, dependable hands. Um, he does, he does have, um, some glaring drops on his resume, um, that, uh, cost him a few fans from Chiefs Kingdom. Um, but, Again, personal feelings aside, like the 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 man is insane uh, with what he can do on a football field. <clears throat> Tyreek Hill number four. Number three, um, I'm putting Randy Moss here. Uh, probably my most my favorite receiver on the list. Um, just even his personality and like who he is and the, like his accent on <laughs> on TV and everything. He's a good old country boy uh, <laughs> from Virginia. Uh, Randy Moss kind of would be cool to hang out with, uh, but he's, you know, the Moss, man. You got like, Moss. There's a whole – you got Moss. There's a whole – there's a whole, I don't know, wave of – what do you? What do we call this? It was a. It was an epidemic of of people calling you got mossed. Like, if it's even still if a you thing. didn't make it, yeah, no, I think it's, it's still I think a, it's a real football like, term now. Yeah, weird. yeah. They should they should put that in the stat book. Like, how many mossed you got? How many mosses you got? <laughs> I like that. I like that. <laughs> uh, uh, moving along, we got number two, Jerry Rice. Owner, owner of all all the records, probably the greatest route runner in the in the game, in the history of the game. Uh, just elite at a lot of different things. Uh, his hands are probably the most reliable in history. Dude, um, there's a lot of things. Breaks. A lot of things you can say about Jerry Rice, um, and statistically, he should be number one. Um, but if you're asking me, like fantasy draft wise. The, the first wide receiver I'm, I'm taking off the board in the history of the NFL, and that would be Megatron. Maybe, maybe I'm partial to Detroit Lions players um, in the history of the NFL because, like, I feel bad for their franchise. They've, they've done awful things um, to some of the greatest players that have ever played. Um, but, like, Barry Sanders is, is another one of those. Like, I, I could easily put him as the, as the best running back uh, that's ever played the game. Barry Sanders could do some amazing things, but just like Barry Sanders, Calvin Johnson could do great things in, in very different ways. 
Um, he's gifted like LeBron is in basketball, just like physically towering over his competition. Um, could play bully ball at wide receiver. Uh, Calvin Johnson is is my greatest wide receiver to ever play. I like that. I like it. Oh, we so somebody who before. doesn't have the longevity and all the records, I feel like is the gre- the greatest receiver to ever play the game. Megatron is my number one. So I Justin Jefferson why. has to be in that conversation for me. Like he's he's on pace to shatter everything. Like it's kind of like Patrick Mahomes right now. Quarterback. Sense. And I think if you put Calvin in any of those other people's shoes that you had mentioned, we probably see the longevity. We probably see all the stats that come with everyone else. He played with shit quarterbacks in a shit city where he was the only other receiver and getting double and triple teamed every single game. And that's what led to still catching the ball. So, you know, still catching the ball. And that's what led to the injuries and everything. I can't, I can't argue with that. We talked pre-show. I had him at, at two or three for me. So I can see why somebody puts our top three are the same. It's just not in the same order. Exactly. I think our top four are are the same. (laughs) Yeah, I think so. Five, yeah, I couldn't find uh, – I couldn't think of anyone off the top of my head for five. five yeah, like Besides T.O. or or yeah. like – yeah. It, it gets tough outside of four. There and there's like, going to be a lot T. of people that – T.O. is better than Larry, Larry Fitzgerald. He's more – way more physical and more talented than Marvin Harrison. Chris Carter was the closest one for me, um, and it's still just not there. T.O. has better numbers almost across the board. Do like Chad Johnson a lot. Obviously, he didn't have the stats. Um, if you watch him, if you go back and watch his <laughs> film, his route running, his speed, he was also very physical. You can't put him in the top five. You can't. But uh, I think he had all the attributes to and just never amounted to it. And that's what happens when you get stuck in Cincinnati. Yeah. I'm sorry, t- I'm taking T.O. over, over Ochocinco. I yeah, like I said, you can't put him. You can't put T, uh, Ocho in in the uh, in the top five. It doesn't happen. You know who you can put in a top five? Patrick Lavon Mahomes the second, because we do have some exciting news for Chiefs Kingdom. Everybody knows this already, but Patrick Lavon Mahomes the second has announced that there is a Patrick LaVon Mahomes third on Twitter with a picture, a court, three quarters of, of bronze and a nice chain to go along with it. I, uh, it, it was funny. I, I'm sure you guys got it right away, and I'm sure a lot of people got it right away. The people that didn't get it right away are just dumb. I'm sorry. People. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> why, are, why are we confused about him being called bronze? It's not a, it's not his literal name. It's not it, it I guarantee you it's not on the birth certificate, folks. No. It's not. It's a nickname me, number one. Number let me two, tell you. Go ahead. I no. the, the, the he's the third. Third is Bonds. <laughs> he's the third Patrick Mahomes the third. It's neat. It's neat what they're doing. Uh it's it's a creative spin on a very uncreative uh naming method, you know. Naming their children, their names. It's not very creative. 
Um, but you know, whatever works. I think you know. It, it, I need to stop saying that. Uh, I I like it for them. I I think I think it's cool. Um, Sterling, the the necklace is definitely cool. You know when he's when he's gonna be wearing <laughs> Sterling and bronze. Uh, can't wait to see that. But no way I'm naming my child Tyler. <laughs> oh, no, no shot. Not doing it either. Well, the next little bit of news as we go through our week here. This one comes from Arrowhead Live. Uh, this is uh, getting into some cuts. The Kansas City Chiefs have terminated the practice squad contracts of Wayne Gallman and Austin Ryder, in addition to Azur Kamara, whose contract was terminated on Monday. That was coming on Tuesday, today. Uh, so a few cuts to make room for some of the signings that come up next. Also, it sounds like Lucas Niang is going to be healthy and coming back since we do have the three cuts uh, with only the two additions that we have coming up next with uh, news from Adam Schefter, longtime former Ravens defensive tackle Brandon Williams, who had been waiting for the right opportunity like Linville Joseph and Nandama is signing with the Chiefs practice squad with the idea of going to the active roster. Uh, Williams is reuniting with the Chiefs defensive line coach Joe Cullen. He is 33 years old. That's uh seems like it could be a pretty big pickup if we can get him moved over to the active roster. It'll be a great addition moving into the postseason uh, where some of this experience could really come into play. Uh, given some of the poor performances we've seen from a guy like Derek Nottie. I think it would be a great pickup for us in the long run. I mean, if there's another body to throw out there right now, get the rotation going a little bit better. Poor performance is a bit of an overstatement, but shaky is fine. In another addition from Tom Pelissaro, two-time Pro Bowl running back Melvin Gordon signed with the Chiefs practice squad. He was released by Denver just last week, uh, and he should be activated soon. Um, I don't know how soon he'll be activated. Realistically, we need him. Realistically, the situation is we've got Pacheco, uh, Jet, and then obviously Rojo to take the three spots. Rojo was the healthy scratch. I would assume Josh Gordon would be the healthy scratch until Clyde comes back. And then it will Sorry, either be. Who's going to be healthy scratch? Uh, Gordon. Which Gordon? I would assume Josh Gordon or not Josh Gordon. Josh Gordon. <laughs> Josh Gordon. Uh, he's with another team. He's with another team. Melvin. Melvin will be the – go ahead and find me. Uh, Melvin will be the uh, uh, a healthy – or, yeah, healthy scratch until Clyde comes back, and then it will either be the cut for Rojo or it will be the cut for Gordon. Um, that's just kind of how it's going to match up. We don't like to carry five healthy backs, and we shouldn't. In our uh, last little bit of news here, it was pretty sweet after the game – on Sunday, Travis Kelsey, Travis Kelsey had caught his 12th touchdown this season. He now has as many or more touchdowns than 10 total franchises this season. That is That's the amazing. Browns, Texans, Rams, Titans, Patriots, Colts, 
Giants, Panthers, Broncos, and Steelers. The Browns don't have 12 touchdowns on the season. Receiving touchdowns. Receiving touchdowns. Oh. Browns have 12. Okay. Interesting. Yeah, I'm also uh, tied for franchise most touchdowns in franchise between uh, passer and receiver. I believe 47. Mm. Wow. So he passed Tied. him and Tyreek. Tied. Lynn and Otis. Oh, okay. Lynn and Otis. It's a lot of it's a lot of touchdowns there, boys. He's on pace to have himself quite a few here. I think he's on pace to break the touchdown and receiving record by a tight end. Um, he's currently leading all NFL receiving options in touchdowns. Um, should be up for the MVP as well. It'll be pretty neat. <laughs> he's a, he's about to break most touchdowns scored in Arrowhead. You love to see it. How many is he away now? Uh, is he two two away? He, I from think last he. Week? I think he's only. He has forty two, and the record is forty three. Forty three. Yep. One two way, two from breaking, one from tying. That's pretty neat. We got some good records being broken in our lifetimes here as Chiefs fans. Patrick's going to win the MVP. Kelsey's going to win Offensive Player of the Year. That would be sick, and he deserved both. Both very deserved. And CJ deserved Defensive Player of the Year. So (laughs) he does. Just give us everything. I know it doesn't look good for the NFL, but uh, looks good for us. It is what it is. When you're the best, you're the best. Crown them. Well, let's get into this game, boys. Like I said, we did beat the uh, Los Angeles Rams 26 to 10. Pat threw, had himself a day, 320 yards, touchdown, no sacks. The offensive line was working it. Isaiah Pacheco had as many carries as I said he was going to have, just didn't have the yardage. <laughs> it's pretty, it's finally nice to see a running back get. Some like get steady workload. Twenty-two carries. You, we do not see that. We haven't seen it since Kareem Hunt. What does that feel like now, having Clyde do on on injured reserve, knowing that we have a guy who's clearly going to take his place and and be our all-around back moving forward? Well, I love seeing it just for the fact that he may not have all the yardage, but he does break uh, big runs off every once in a while. Gets good garbage that we need. For Clyde, though, this just is not looking good for him. He has to maximize what he's going to do when he comes into the game now, and it's going to be rough for him, especially with his injury history. Look, Pacheco's style and attitude are everything that I want in a running back. I never saw it from Clyde. I saw flashes of good things from Clyde, but nothing, like I said previously, it, nothing that's ever sold me on Clyde being the guy for the future. I don't think Kansas City has ever really considered keeping him considering his performance. Um, We're fine with him being on a rookie deal. That's great. Isaiah Pacheco, to me, is a better running back, and I would love to see this continue. Um, Just don't want to run him into the ground. Talk to me a little bit about the things that went right on on Sunday as I had mentioned uh I I was on the road I was coming back I get to watch every single game so I kind of had kind of had it going on my phone 
but mainly just listening um, to Mitch Holtis, which a man I, I truly admire and respect and, and do love listening to him. However, it's totally different listening, listening to him call the game versus watch the game because you only get where the ball's going and who has the ball. You don't get the intricacies of seeing who's blocking well, who's uh who's rushing into the gaps correctly where the routes you know what what are the adjustments being made uh, so i can only you know take on really what's being said out there which is the highlights um talk to me boys what what went right this week so to me this is going to be kind of a vanilla or bland answer but just the the overall game management by our coaching staff like the the offense never really took over this game the defense held its own and made sure that the Rams never got into this game, but it was like successfully managed. The Rams were never within, uh, you know, one score for the whole game. So the there were certain connections like, you know, Patrick Mahomes to Travis Kelsey and Patrick Mahomes to Juju Smith-Schuster are, is probably the two uh, connections of the, uh, of the day that I felt like were the strongest. Um, and what went the most right in the passing game, but the 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 coaching staff. I mean, while Dave Tube still decided to trot Sky Moore out there one more time as punt returner, um, overall the coaching staff did a great job of managing this game. It was great to see. Uh, speaking of Sky Moore, it's great to see him get a few more targets as well. He got six targets and caught it five times, even after the muff punt. So. That's not the end all for him right there. You're muted. muted. Fine. Write it down. I thought I unmuted. Clearly getting a lot of work. Um, Sky Moore, he's, he's no longer trusted on special teams, but completely trusted on the offensive side. What, what, what do you guys think Patrick is seeing out there with Sky? A guy that is a reliable catcher and is very shifty and can get open and very uh, small area. Yeah, I, I think there's a lot of potential in his ability to get separation. Um, he, he's shown, I think, already like just the ability to be a dynamic with the ball in his hands. Like he can he can move in the open field and he's he's pretty fast. Um, so if you get the ball to him in open space, I think good things are going to happen. Um, but his route against Derwin James in the Chargers game um, and a couple of the other routes he's had, he's been able to get separation against some decent players. So uh, that's that's probably the most promising uh, when it comes to Sky Moore for me. He is getting looked at a lot on third down as well. A lot. A lot of trust. A lot of those. So that is great to see. Are we – obviously a small sample size. Are we seeing – Sky be more of a Heinz Ward or a Steve Smith? <laughs> what? Uh, a little bit closer to Steve Smith in my mind. I don't think Sky Moore has the blocking ability of Heinz Ward. Heinz Ward is a little bit of a unicorn. Yeah. Uh, and that also goes along with uh, obviously uh, uh, Steve Smith was a little bit more downfield threat versus Heinz Ward was route tree central getting behind guys whether short or medium medium distance um i'd like to see them break sky out a little bit more downfield 
I'll tell you something else that went right, though. The D-line, baby. Chris Jones, George Karloftis, Frank Clark, even Carlos Dunlap um, getting in there, swatting the ball, causing uh, a turnover that way. The D-line's play was stellar in this game. And the main reason why Arrowhead was even close to loud um, when we got sacks, that was that was the loudest part of the game for sure. One last thing Reese. that went right. Kicking. Yeah, this one. Was four for four, and he was two for two for extra points. So kicking went very well. Maybe maybe the ankle is finally a hundred percent. I actually looked at, like I was looking at his plant leg uh from the stands. I, I was like, let's see, let's see how it's looking right now. Uh, it didn't didn't look ginger at all. It looked like he was. It looked like it was almost, for the most part, one hundred percent. Wonder if he's going to treat it differently when he's not on grass. I think almost all players do now, as they should. Um, George Karloftis, who called it, getting his first full blown sack this week. Did anybody call it? I don't know. Somebody called it, but I don't remember who. I believe I it was you, Tybo. I think I it might have it been was me. you. <laughs> In his first full-blown sack, it's good to see. And it's even better to see that out of the three sacks that we had as a team, two of them are coming from the defensive line. One did come from Brian Cook, um, but the majority of them coming from the defensive line and not having to come from blitzes. It seems like these guys are finally trying to see a little bit of form. Chris Jones' sack was pure domination. The swim move was – was I, I was about to say silky, but that wasn't the right word. Like, it was just so forceful. Like, it was kind of a pin and swim, and he just like, see you later. I'm, sta- I'm standing in this hole right here. Where's the quarterback? Let me go gobble him up and eat him for lunch. Um, Before we get too much further, I did have a question because uh, I was looking at the snap count. What's with Justin Watson leading our receivers in snap count? There, I saw a lot of different packages get trot out there. I like the way the offense mixed it up in this game. Um, it, I, a lot of people like to highlight 13 uh, personnel where we have – I believe that's where you have three tight ends on the field. Um, but, the, like, Justin Watson – like, there was a pair of receivers that were together. It was like Juju Smith-Schuster and MBS – and then Justin Watson and I believe Sky Moore, um, but just the different packages that they were they were trotting out there were was keeping the defense for I think a lot of the times off balance. Uh, but Justin Watson is is, I mean I got no problem with him being out there with his performance, dude. I think well. one of the big things was we were playing against the Rams and we were holding their offense so easily all game. Why not? get some of these other guys in there, throw some more to them. But at the same time, uh, I like him as punt returner. So, like, maybe <laughs> dial it back just a tad. Uh, <laughs> Sky Moore is uh, is fine uh, getting more of those snaps. Well, I think it, it's, like Sean was saying, a lot uh, situationally, given the fact that this was a much easier team uh, going in next week. We've got Cincinnati um and juju coming off of a concussion use this as a game to kind of get his fitness back in from being out uh and get the guys kind of ready to go for for the for the test tell me i i 
all heard that almost nothing went wrong this week. Did anything go wrong uh, while watching, being able to watch the game? Mitch, Mitch did not mention much. Absolutely. Sean, Sean what you got? I got two things. So you get one of them. Red zone offense. Yep. Terrible. This game should have been this game should have been the blowout that I called. Yeah. With how bad we were in the red zone, dude. It's terrible. Being yeah, one he, of the, the top three teams in the NFL at like 74%. 72.1%. And we went one for five. If that's even two for five or three for five, like this, this game is, it would be labeled a blowout. I mean, 26 to 10, I don't, I don't think anybody's quite saying the Chiefs blew out the Rams uh, on Sunday. So, yeah, I mean, one, one for five doesn't cut it in the playoffs. 26 points doesn't usually cut it in the playoffs. So, I mean, the Chiefs did cover the spread at least. They did. Depends on which, which depends on which spread you're talking Ooh. about because, yeah. Pre-game, it was 15 and a half, and right up into, I believe, five to ten minutes before kickoff, the line got moved to 16 and a half. Talking about the previous one, actually. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> Obviously, we had mentioned that it was 15 and a half on the show, so if you're smart, you put your bets in then because uh, the line is only getting worse from there. So, yeah, like Pat's decision-making – uh, in in the red zone was something that kind of went wrong. Uh, some costly mistakes down there, and he he owned up to it. We we I mean it is what it is. Usually doesn't happen, but it did happen in this game. We are missing McColl. Um, Tybo, you had shared some information earlier. Uh, I believe it uh, twelve of our red zone touchdowns. Uh, come from Clyde and from McColl, missing both of those guys as red zone threats. Obviously, you've got Travis Kelsey, but he's going to get locked up. Some of these dudes have to learn to work a little bit harder the more it gets condensed. And at the same time, um, the the LA Rams defense is uh, second in red zone defense, only behind the uh, Denver Broncos. So given what issues we had, I feel like um, it's probably not too bad going against one of the better defenses in the NFL, even if their offense is one of the worst. It's it's not too bad because we won the game and like we got it past us. Uh, we we're we're out of there with a W. Uh, so all, all those those interceptions really don't mean anything. Like it looks a little bit worse on past TD to interception ratio, but I mean, who cares? So tell me, boys, what are some of the plays and who are some of the players of this game? I believe MBS <laughs> had a great catch on the sideline this game. Go tap. Was that him? I believe so. Oh, I don't remember. Juju had some good catches. Uh, one of my plays of the game – uh, it just kind of en encapsulated the attitude of the defense and the ability to hold them to 10 points for the game. Um, the Rams ran a counterplay, and Frank Clark just absolutely blew it up. I don't think he made the tackle or he, he might have been able to assist on the tackle, but uh, as the, as the uh, 
linemen were pulling, two linemen were pulling, and he went low on the first guy that came and just blew him back into the run um, and just yeah, it was dead in the water. Uh, our defense against the – our defense in general, but our defense against the run was fantastic, and it's what I hope to see later on in the playoffs. One of my favorite plays didn't really have an effect on the field, but it, it had an effect on morale and will moving forward was the Isaiah Pacheco run to the outside, uh, the the right-sided sideline um, where he got absolutely blown up and right after getting rocked, pops back up and sprints back to the huddle or where the huddle would have been because he beat every single person there, including the linemen that were two feet away. Um, that type of attitude is the type that you want your players to carry, uh, whether you're a fan or you're the owner or the coach or another player, that's the type of, of characteristic you want around in your locker room, a guy who's going to fight and just continue to go every time. Yeah, that was very exciting to see. I was surprised he got up that fast and sprinted like that, but damn. Got that dog in him. Who are some of the unsung heroes uh, from the game? Some guys that uh, maybe didn't always show up in the stat book, uh, but were instrumental to this win. I'm going to go with Nick Allegretti. Stepping in for, in for Joe Tooney. I think he did a pretty fan, not maybe not fantastic, but he did a pretty good job for filling in. Uh, backup guard, left guard, he's been moved all around the line in his time here. Good to see him go in there and have a pretty decent game. Pat still had to run around a little bit, but for the most part, the offensive line held their own against the Rams. Uh, Aaron Donald, I believe, was a non-factor. That was kind. Of, that was one of my keys to the game, making sure he didn't impact. And I, I thought we were going to have Tooney, but Allegretti definitely stepped up and did his job uh, in in dealing with Aaron Donald. Um, I I mean, I gave mine away earlier. My unsung hero was Frank Frank Clark. He didn't have a whole lot of he didn't he didn't have a whole lot of um, I guess stats recorded, um, but the the play the attitude uh the hustle the way he was able to set the edge consistently in the run game like he's always done um Frank Clark you know I, I, he probably doesn't have the the favor of a of a certain portion of Chiefs fans um but Frank Clark has has won my approval this year you know he 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 might have been, I might have been kind of questionable on him in a, the last couple of years um I haven't Really thought he's brought the level of a play that he has been paid for um, since like the the playoff run, the Super Bowl year uh, when we won the Super Bowl. But Frank Frank Clark has been great this year. I he's he's been more than serviceable in my opinion. Um, so he's definitely he's somebody that I don't think a lot of Chiefs fans would like to give credit to, but I think Frank Clark has done a fantastic job this year. Seen a lot of people on Twitter start to come around on Frank. Um, one of the things that did it was learning. It came this week, but one of the things that did it was learning that he is like top five in pressures. Absolutely ridiculous. Like that's not that's not something that we're used to seeing from Frank Clark. We're not used to seeing the stat box. 
Um, one thing that I know that he does well when I look at the film is his contain. His contain has been instrumental in the ways that we're able to hold a lot of rushing quarterbacks. Um, Counter boot reverse, baby. It's the way that it worked with with uh, with Bryce Perkins at, at, at quarterback. He looked scared. Yeah, he looked he looked uneasy all game. He he made some impressive plays, but he, he like if, if I bet you, if you can see his hands, like they they were shaking just a little bit. <laughs> the the first half, it seemed like the the Chiefs were fairly unprepared uh, given the amount of. Uh, room that Perkins had to escape and run. Um, did I, obviously, that changed a little bit, but how much did that change in the second half? Where did did Spags go and put that QB spy on him? What what happened? I wouldn't because of because of the score. I don't think there was too much of an adjustment. I just think it was like it was noted because there was not an uh, there was not a spy on Perkins, I don't think at any, at any given moment. Um, I, I think they were just more aware of the, the runability back there. I don't, I don't think, I don't, like I said, I don't think it was that big of a adjustment at, at halftime. I think Perkins was just more forced that he had to start throwing. And there was one driver. It really looked like he was picking stuff out a little bit, but that's Is there anything that I missed from the game against the Rams? It did seem fairly vanilla from the play calling style to uh, to to what actually transpired on the field. I would say one thing for what went wrong was tackling. There were a lot of missed tackles. I know I missed that earlier, but tackling was not the best in this game. Nick Bolton had another uh, 10 tackle game, though. He's going to get that record soon. I, I think I tried to call Willie Gay also having a 10-tackle game, but that, that didn't quite happen. Uh, he wasn't on the field as much. He went um, down for a little bit at one point. He did he, go down for, for uh, um, I believe, close to halftime. He went down uh, and then was able to rejoin the team afterwards. The same happened with Legereus Sneed. Um, so it was good to see him be able to come back and, and, and play um, – that whatever happened wasn't too serious. The I the secondary play is is probably one of the weaker parts of our defense. Like our our level of play at the on the back end of the defense isn't quite up to par with with some of the receiver cores out there. Like we struggled at times with guys like Van Jefferson and who else is on the Rams. Um, we you know, it's it's probably a little ticky tack at this point because I, I feel like the defense overall played great. But that's if there's one weakness on this team, um, you know, if you if you come at us with with you know the the Bengals might you know give us some trouble. They might be a little bit worrisome because if Jamar Chase plays, they have three pretty good receivers. <laughs> um, Tyler Boyd is only pretty good. The other two are fantastic. Um, so you, you come at us with a lot of receivers in an offense, we might have a hard time containing all of them. Um, add in a serviceable tight end, the Chiefs defense 
might struggle a little bit, but that's 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 like the weakest part of our defense that does scare me for the playoffs because there's going to be some good receiver court out there. Speaking there of the Bengals, for your thoughts on that, tune in on the pregame show on Friday to see how that's, we feel about that against the Bengals. That's exactly right because the Kansas City Chiefs do head into Cincinnati and take on the Bengals on Sunday the 4th, 325. So make sure you check back in on Friday as we discuss, uh, give you our pregame uh, review. <laughs> These boys doing dance moves in the background if you're on audio. Uh, yes, we play the Bengals. It sounds like Jamar Chase is going to be back. We'll be back with the most up-to-date news. Catch us on Friday. And as always, go Chiefs. Go Chiefs! Go Chiefs! Oh!